1: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Hello and
0: welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that is out there hobnobbing with members of the other team because they know how legit I am. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Now, it was a beautiful day on the plane Saturday, warm temperatures and clear skies. So let's get right into the action. Uh, in the meet of Auburn versus South Carolina, the first event here was equitation over fences. Now, Auburn had a really good matchup where I thought going into this, okay, we're probably going to take four points here and there would be one toss-up point. Well, Auburn got that toss-up point, but lost one of the matchups that um, I, was favor- I had him favored in. So it all kind of evened out. So Auburn was ahead four to one after fences. Um, although the Gamecocks' uh, Madeline Schaefer did get the MOP for her ride in fences. So next was horsemanship. Now going in, I thought Auburn would take three points in these matchups and that South Carolina would take two points, but some big rides by Maddie Spack and Madison Pardon for Auburn got two upset points for uh, the Tigers, and it actually produced a sweep in this event. So uh, Madison got the mop with her ride, so at the half that made the total nine to one Auburn, and they had virtually won the meet at that point. But you still got to do all of them, and you know just to make sure. So in the second half, um, the, the South Carolina actually made Auburn work for those uh, those meat clinching points there. Um, I figured uh, on the flat that Auburn would take about three of those matchups, that South Carolina would take one, and that there was probably one toss up there. Well, the Gamecocks took their favored point, and they took the toss-up. Then they tied Auburn in one of those uh, favored matchups. So that basically meant that each team would take two points out of the flat, and then there was a no-point tie. But actually, Auburn only needed two points by this uh, part of the meet, so that gave us 11, so we knew we were going to win on the day. But we still had one more event, raining. So in this one, looking at the matchups, I had Auburn favored twice. And then the remaining ones, I thought, were all three toss-ups. But it did not quite work out that way. Uh, We took one of the favorite points. We drew a tie in the other. And then I thought we had gotten two of those three toss-ups, but they gave a re-ride, and in the re-ride, that uh, the Gamecocks ended up getting that by a, by a half point in there in the riding score, so um, they ended up taking that as well. So, but actually, that was all immaterial because Auburn had long since captured victory. So that two-point split in reigning meant that the overall score for the meet was going to be 13-5 to instead of 14-4 to like we thought it was going to be. But that's still okay. That's a big win, a good day for the Tigers. They completed their third straight undefeated regular season, and now they will head into the SEC tournament as the number one seed, and that's in two weeks from now. Now, I also want to draw some attention to the Gamecocks ladies, okay? Now, I know I have uh, uh, mentioned in the past how when um, I I watched the live stream uh, the time they were at Georgia and how rowdy they were and how you could just hear them just cheering and going on. Well, let me tell you, that is how they always are. And I recorded some of it, so take a listen for yourself. So that was them about 20 minutes after it was clear they had done lost this meet. But can you tell for that from the way they sounded? I mean, the kind of spirit and support that they are putting on there uh, is just, it's enviable. I mean, regardless of the score, they are getting it done. They are out there cheering and just going crazy. You know, I went over afterwards and was like, hey, y'all did a great job. Y'all are for real in the spirit department. So if there was an equitation over feelings, let me tell you, South Carolina would have won that, but we don't really you know ride equitation over feelings but if if we did they would be they'd be a a show enough uh, national championship contender in that in that uh one event so uh before we do the rest of the weekend's uh actions, let's quickly run down the auburn elvis College equestrian rankings uh going into this week. <sighs> Auburn's number one because they're amazing. Georgia's number two because they beat Texas A&M twice and South Carolina once. SMU was number three because of recent wins over TCU, Fresno State, and Baylor. Texas A&M was holding on to number four because they beat Baylor once and South Carolina twice. Oklahoma State was five because they beat Baylor and Fresno State. Fresno State was number six because they beat UC Davis twice, TCU, and Baylor once. TCU was number seven because they beat SMU and Oklahoma State. South Carolina was number eight because they beat Georgia back in November. Baylor was number nine because they beat TCU that one time, and South Dakota State was number 10 because they beat ut martin and delaware state oh let's also do the single discipline rankings uh at number one is sweet Bar because they're the best number two is lynchburg because they're about second best at number three is wilson college because they're third and that is the rankings going into this week's action
1: we're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement one of the things that we take great pride here at the e2c network are our listeners are really our e2c network family now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e 2 cnetworkgmailcom gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to the bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn utilize our podcasts Facebook live shows and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request let us help you reach the E2C network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them reach out to us at E2C at gmail.com for more information that's all we have for you in this special message let's get back into the episode
0: Okay, so let's
1: talk about our first non-Auburn
0: meet of the weekend, Lynchburg at TCU. Now, this is a jumpin' seat only meet. Uh, we did not really expect Lynchburg to put up much of a fight. The Hornets have a few good riders that can compete with the power schools. They are a Division III school, so they just don't have the depth of a team like TCU. Uh, this was also another four-on-four meet, and what it does is it uses fewer horses, so that's basically what you have to do to get all these meets in in such a short time frame. Now, TCU won all of the matchups, except for one, in fences. Uh, Lynchburg's Jackie Needle won her point, so good job, Jackie. They swept the other event on the flat, so TCU won the meet 9-1. So our next meet that we want to talk about is Baylor versus TCU. And this one's going to be a little bit tougher for TCU than Lynchburg was. Now, you might recall that TCU's first loss of the season came at Baylor, so in this rematch, the Horned Frogs were looking for some revenge. And of course, being at home figured to help them out a fair amount. All right, our first two events here were fences and raining. Now, in the first meet back in February, TCU won fences three to two and tied raining two to two. Here again, they took fences three to two, but they improved a little bit in raining. They won it three to two as well. So that set them up with a six to four halftime lead over Baylor. So this is looking good for them. Remember, they lost the first time, so they're trying to get revenge here. Um so then we go into the second half. Uh horsemanship and the flat are the two here. Now last time they met, uh this is where Baylor really won the meet. They took eight of those ten remaining points. So if TCU could just limit the damage this time, they could really protect that early lead. So here's how they did it. They split flat two to two and had a a no point tie there. And then TCU finished up with style winning horsemanship four to one, which was a reversal from how things went back in February. That means TCU is, would end up winning this one 12-7 and finish perfect on the day. The other meet we want to talk about is Fresno State hosting UC Davis for the third time in four weeks. Now, like the first meet four weeks ago, this one was very close. UC Davis had a really good day in the jumping seat events. In that February meet, they took six of the ten jumping seat points. Well, this Friday, they again took five of those uh, ten points, so that's pretty good for them. But the thing is, Fresno State has a better Western squad than UC Davis does. And Fresno State took 7 of the 10 Western points, earning the 10-9 to 9 victory overall. Now, even in defeat, this was a good bounce-back performance from UC Davis because in the previous week's meet, uh, it wasn't even close. So, good job to the Aggies for getting back close uh, with Fresno State again. They're not giving up. They're still trying to improve. And that's what you like to see, especially from these smaller programs. So those were on Thursday. Then we go over to Friday, and we have Lynchburg versus SMU. Now, this was a jump and seed only meet, and it turned out a little bit close because basically what SMU did was they took out a couple of their normal starters just to give some more experience to some of their younger riders. You'll recall Auburn did the exact same thing last week. And so, um, you know, these jump and seed only meets don't count on the team record. They do count for the individual win-loss stats. Now, SMU ended up winning this meet 5-3, to three, so the Hornets made them work for it a little bit, but still it was a convincing win for SMU and a good time for them to, to get some more experience for the riders. Another Friday meet that we want to talk about is Delaware State having a rematch uh, at UT Martin. So before it was up in Delaware, this time it's over at the Skyhawks Arena over in uh, Martin, Tennessee. Uh, and home location continues to be a huge asset this season, and UT Martin was able to flip the script on the Hornets this week. UT Martin leaned heavily on its Western team, which is better than Delaware's. Uh, they swept horsemanship five nothing, and then they took reigning four to one. So when you do that, there's almost nothing you can do. I mean, the other team, boy, it, it puts them in a really uh, tough position. Now the Hornets did win fences three to two, and then they split the flat. Each team got two points, so. But that big Western performance was the engine behind uh, UT Martin's big uh, thirteen to six victory overall. So a good day for the Skyhawks. Now we're going to move on to Saturday. Now we've already talked about Auburn and South Carolina. So while that was going on, while Auburn was you know earning its its uh, record fortieth straight uh, victory, Baylor and SMU were facing off in Dallas. Now you'll remember that Baylor has had a rough go of things recently. They entered Saturday on a three-meet losing skid, um, and they had actually taken the lead in the Big 12 standings about a month ago. Well, things have not really improved for the Bears. Um, They fell behind early in fences. They only took one of those five points. Then horsemanship happened, and the Bears uh, took two points there. So they trailed three to seven at the half. Then on the flat, they took three of the five points. Which, if you're looking at the pattern here, they got one point in the first one, then two points in the next one, and then they got three points in the next event. So, that means, you know, if they could maintain that, they would end up tying the meet overall. Well, they did not tie the meet overall. Uh, They lost reigning two to three, which gave them a 12 to eight defeat. And it was on the road, and, and now Baylor's just in a tailspin. Uh, they basically have one significant win on their resume that they're clinging to from, you know, the second week of competition in the spring here, but since then they've lost every time afterwards, so yeah, their resume is pretty weak, that they're actually in danger of finishing ninth place overall and missing out on the NCA tournament, which only has eight spots. Uh, basically, Baylor is in competition with South Carolina right now for that number eight seed nationally. But unlike the uh, Gamecocks, Baylor still has one more meet to go, Oklahoma State, the following day. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But if they were to win that, that would elevate their resume above South Carolina's. Um, But I don't want to focus just on how uh, Baylor's having trouble here. I do want to point out that SMU is on a winning streak right now. Uh, The Mustangs have closed out their season with three straight quality wins. Uh, so now they're going to head into their uh, conference tournament, which is the Eastern College Athletic Tournament, or yeah, Eastern College Athletic Conference Tournament, and SMU is really going to be the odds-on favorite there. They're looking so strong right now. Now, elsewhere in the Big 12, Oklahoma State was hosting TCU. Uh, that first cowgirl meet where they struggled against the Horn Frogs, it, it seems so long ago. Um, back in that one, TCU took the majority of points in every event. It was really a great day for them. Uh, this Saturday was not so great for them. The meet started off with horsemanship, with um, Oklahoma State winning 3-2. to two. TCU's Jessica McAllister did take the MOP in there, so there's that. Now, next up was Fences. The Cowgirls won this one 3-2, to two with Emma um, Pac- Paxina getting the MOP there. So, at the half, it was 6-4 to four OSU. Now, that's a lead, but it's not a, a, an insurmountable lead. But just by comparison, when you looked at these two events from the first time they met, TCU had a 7-3 to lead in these events from that first time. So that kind of shows you how this one was going on Saturday. Next up was reigning. OSU won that one 3-1, to but TCU's Maddie Dukes won the MOP here, just like she did in the same meet back in February. So, you know, you got to appreciate the little victories. Especially when you don't get the big victories, which is to say, the actual victory, uh and then just to make sure there was no doubt as to which team was better, o- Oklahoma State took the flat four to nothing. So yes, Oklahoma State has gotten a lot better since February, um and but we figured that was going to happen. A lot of the of the situation around that early loss was probably due to one going on the road, and two, they had not ridden in eleven months now. Going back to uh, some other meets, some other action here, we've got the um, the last meet on that Saturday was uh, the fourth meeting between Fresno State and UC Davis. Now, you'll, you'll recall that I just did the meet between these two teams that um, they had done previously, the number three meet. Well, this is number four, so they turn right around, only this time, instead of being at Fresno State, they go over to Davis. So, Davis has lost uh, the first three times, so, you know, certainly they're going to lose this fourth time, right? Well, you know, I seem to recall a very intelligent, independent media personality expressing doubts about this way back in January going to have a very rough year in fact i'm not sure that they're even going to sweep nearby rival uc davis uh and they're actually going to face uc davis four times this year just to have a, a decent sized schedule uh if fresno state can actually get more than four wins this season i will be very impressed yes that was me uh so let's see what actually happened in this meet now first up was fences. Uh UC Davis won this event 3 to 2 the first 3 times they faced. So, um you figure okay, UC Davis is pretty good in fences compared to Fresno State at least. Now, this Saturday, the Aggies did even better than that. They won 4 to 1. Now, foreshadowing, this point is going to become important in just a minute. So the next event was raining. Now, previously Fresno State had won this event 3 to 2 every single time, but this Friday, they only won it 2 to 1. So, that meant that UC Davis had a two-point lead in the half when typically they would be a little bit closer. So next up was flat. Now here is an event that could go either way based on how they've done in the past. Sometimes Fresno will win this 3-2, to two, sometimes UC Davis wins it 3-2. to two. Well this time UC Davis won it 3-2 to two, and that is big for them because it means going into that last event, they now have a three-point lead. But, I'm going to tell you, uh, horsemanship is an event that Fresno State is better than UC Davis. In the past, they have won this event 3-1, to one, and then they won it 4-1, to one, and then they won it 4-1 to one again. So, things are looking, you know, not, not too terrible for Fresno State because they're better in this event. So, what happened was, uh, there were two ties in this event, and then Fresno State won all three of the other points. But, again... That creates an overall tie, an 8-8 tie. So we got to go over to the tiebreaker. And what we do is we total up everybody's points for all their rides. They go through, they total everything up, and the score comes out, the raw score total comes out, 1,606.5 to 1,602.5. UC Davis wins by four individual points. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is the closest win I have ever seen. And now, again, I haven't been following it for more than a couple of years, but, you know, still, that is close. That is nuts to think that it would come down to something that close. It also means, that uh, you know, UC Davis got the upset in their final meet of the season. So this was senior day for them, and they pulled an upset. It was great. Um, And, you know, I really didn't think that Fresno State was going to beat them four times, and I was right. Auburn Elvis. Very nice. But I will admit that Fresno State finishes their season with five wins, Uh, and if you remember from that clip that I said that if they got more than four, I would be impressed, and I'll admit, I am impressed. Good job, Fresno. You did better than I thought you would do, so. Now, I know we've been talking about so many non-Auburn teams, but bear with me, we got one more meat left from this weekend that we got to talk about, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Now, a home meet for the Bears, that's going to help them some. Um, uh, Baylor, like I said, really needs another win going into this to help bolster their resume. Basically, Baylor really needs this upset over the Cowgirls. If they do that, it's virtually going to guarantee that they get into the national championship tournament. So here's how the meet went. First up was fences. Oklahoma State has a good fences squad, and they were able to win this one 3-2. The next event was raining which the cowgirls won again 3 to 1. So at the half, Oklahoma State had a nice 6 to 3 lead, but teams can still come back from that. Now Baylor has a good flat team, okay? So they took this one 3 to 2. So basically everything was going to come down to horsemanship to see if Baylor could get this big upset. Well, Oklahoma State is too strong in horsemanship. They won 3 to 2 there and they basically sealed the win and uh ended their season with this nice 11 to 8 win over Baylor. So what this means is just like Auburn and South Carolina, Baylor and Oklahoma State are going to turn right around and play each other in their conference tournament. Uh, This one is also going to be in Waco. So we'll see if the Bears being at home once more can get those extra two or three points they need going up against the Cowgirls and maybe pull the upset in the conference tournament. If they do that, that's likely gonna put them ahead of South Carolina in the national rankings. Because again, South Carolina would need to upset Auburn to have a demonstratively better resume than um Baylor. And frankly, I really don't think that's gonna happen. There's an actual legitimate chance that Baylor could get the upset over Oklahoma State in two weeks. There's not really a legitimate chance that South Carolina could do likewise against Auburn. But uh that's two weeks away. You know what's right now? The rankings. So Yes, uh, the NCA rankings have been so bad this season that I basically had to go out and just make up my own. So every week, you know, I rank the teams where they should be, and I also tell you the the rationale behind it. The NCA does not do that. They just give them out and, you know, you complain about it. Uh, but I will say that the NCA rankings have gotten a lot better in this past week. They uh, mirrored mine in 6 of the 10 spots, so I have to applaud them for that. Also, the NCA has started ranking the single-discipline teams, just like I do, and theirs are exactly like mine. So, good job, NCA. Now, let's see if you can do even better, though. So, here we are. Here are the correct answers for the NCA. At number one is, no surprise to anyone, Auburn. They just capped off their third perfect regular season in a row. They are 6-0 with wins over the other three SEC teams. One of those teams, Georgia, remains at number two. The Bulldogs have wins over Texas A&M, home and away, plus a home victory over South Carolina. Surging up the charts for the second week in a row is Oklahoma State. The Cowgirls were embarrassed in their TCU meet way back in February, but since then have been perfect in Big 12 play. They have two wins over Baylor, plus wins over TCU and Fresno State. At number four is SMU. The Mustangs are on a hot streak, winning three straight. Their resume includes wins over TCU, Fresno State, Baylor, and South Dakota State. At number five is Texas A&M. The Aggies' season ended last week with a loss to Georgia, so they have really been at the mercy of how well other teams around them do, but the Aggies do have a pair of decent wins over South Carolina and a home win over Baylor. Now at number six is Fresno State. Here is where I really had to pause and consider where Fresno State should be ranked. Some folks will argue that they deserve to be ahead of Texas A&M, but when you compare their records, the Bulldogs have wins over Baylor, just like A&M does, a win over TCU, which is a tiny bit better than one of A&M's wins over South Carolina, and then Fresno State has three wins over UC Davis and a loss to UC Davis but I think that the second win that A&M has over South Carolina is more impressive than for Fresno State to beat UC Davis three times out of four. So, that's why I have Texas A&M just a little bit ahead of Fresno State. Next in the rankings, I have TCU. The Horned Frog's resume is good, and in fact, it might be a tiny little bit better than Fresno State. TCU beat Oklahoma State, and then they lost in the rematch. Plus, they beat SMU, Baylor, and South Dakota State. In fact, the only reason that I don't put the Frogs ahead of Fresno State is that they lost to Fresno State, So, and plus they finished behind the Bulldogs in the Big 12 standings, and I have to respect that. Now, I do want to point out that TCU played five conference meets, and Fresno State only did three. So when I do my conference uh, tournament previews next week, don't be surprised if I pick an upset between these two teams when they rematch in the conference tournament. But that is next week. Right now, this is the rankings. So at number eight in the rankings, we have South Carolina. The Gamecocks have one win uh, way back in, one big win. They've beaten some little teams, but their biggest win was uh, Georgia back in November since then, it has been nothing but losses uh, to quality teams, and uh, but that one win is better than other uh, one wins that teams have, certain teams have, like number nine, Baylor. The Bears began their season with a close loss at Texas A&M, and then they had a close win over TCU, but since then, they've lost five straight meets, and uh, there's still some hope that they could turn things around, so... Look for them to at least give it their best shot, and maybe maybe they can pull the upset. But for right now, they're number nine. And for the final spot, we have a new number 10 team, UC Davis. With their tiebreaker win over Fresno State, I have to admit that their resume is now slightly more impressive than South Dakota State's. Uh, They have a win over UT Martin and Delaware State. So sorry, Jack but who knows? If you make a big run in the ECAC tournament, you might get back in the rankings. In fact, if you make a big run, you will get back in the rankings because, yeah, uh, because one of the teams would probably be UC Davis. (laughs) But we'll see how that happens in a couple of weeks. Um, now when we look at our single discipline rankings those haven't changed since last week we still have Sweetbriar at number one Lynchburg at number two and Wilson College at number three Um, Lynchburg was the only team of those that was in action this week they lost to SMU it was encouraging but not so much that it would dethrone Sweetbriar at number one now looking ahead almost all of the dual discipline teams are done with their regular seasons Sweetbriar and Wilson will go over and ride against um, Delaware State next week. But everyone else is now preparing for their conference tournaments. So we're going to do the same here and um, prepare a preview of each of those conference tournaments next week. And we will tell you about those in the next episode. But that is the end of this episode. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much
1: for listening. War Eagle and War Horses.